Hello again, and welcome. This is Dan from the Cosmic Mojo Tri Podcast. Thank you so very much for giving us a listen, and I sincerely hope you enjoy this week's topic, which is part two of our video games and health episode. Again, the half of the uh, video games and health episode. Uh, stay tuned. We got a lot of great conversation going on in this one. Um, but first, as always, we've got a twerk. And just for you, Andrew, twerk. twerk the abbreviation twerk. stands for. Wait, let me let me try. Let me try. This week's entertainment review kickoff. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so to kick it off, uh, I'll go ahead, um, cause I really like mine. I bought my tickets to Doctor Strange about three, four weeks ago. Just wanted to throw oh, wow. that out with you guys. I'm pretty excited about this movie. Mm-hmm. And we just got news. It has already opened in the international box office to a whopping figure of $86 million. Oh wow. Which is, it was projected to do 55 to 60. And it is currently outpacing. Drum roll, please. Titanic. Everything. Really? Ant Man, forty nine percent. Guardians of the Galaxy by thirty seven percent. And Winter Soldier. So just not Deadpool. I don't. I don't. I don't see Deadpool's figures in front of me. So way to throw a kink in my. <laughs> my I actually whole don't thing. think Deadpool did as well as that. Yeah, I don't think. They they were in the big in, international box office hit, were they? I don't believe so. Um, but that's all. Uh, I saw that Doctor Strange wasn't getting very like fantastic ratings; it was getting like pretty decent ratings. But um, I'm, oh, really? I'm pretty stoked. Pretty pretty excited to see it. I know, like if you, if you saw Inception, you'll probably like Doctor Strange. <laughs> Speaking of Inception, okay, that was that was just a horrible segue. John, go ahead. Oh, that was my segue? Take it! <laughs> how, is, how is that his segue? I don't know, because I don't even know what he's twerking about today. Um, Actually, uh, what I wanted to twerk about today was the the Uncharted video game adaptation. Yes. Um, It's actually back on course. Uh, They have a director, Sean Levy, who is the Night at the, at the Museum director, but that's he's also a director that has directed episodes within... The Stranger Things. Yes. And, um, and he's coming on board, uh, to take over the project. And I'm really hoping that the Uncharted series, you know, gets back on track, gets a movie, gets the actors and everything of that nature, just because of the fact that as a video game, I really, really love this series. Of course, most likely since it's a video game series adaptation, it's probably going to be terrible. Um, because <laughs> there's never been a good video game adaptation. At yeah. least that I feel. No, it's true. Um, but one can always hope that since the, you know, Uncharted series is like, it's pretty, I don't know, realish in, you know, in all yeah. things. So I can, I'm, I'm guessing I'm just hoping oh, yeah. that it doesn't go the route of what Resident Evil did yeah. and, you know, all that and, kind know, of crazy stuff. I've been thinking about it too because I'm kind of worried about it. Um, but Uncharted, Uncharted has the potential for a fantastic story. And oh, yeah. I think this guy, I forget, what was his name? 
Sean Levy. Sean Levy. Yeah. So he's in Night at the Museum. And if you think about it, like, they're both like that kind of laid back kind of action thing. I mean, Uncharted has its real deep moments and uh, a little heavier than Night at the Museum, but that's where Stranger Things comes, the Stranger Things comes in, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's well, kind of proven that he can play both lines a little bit. No, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that the director will be the downfall. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. Normally, it's not the director's fault that the movie's kind of takes a weird turn. It's the people that write it up and, like, the actors in it. And, like, I don't know, the the storylines that they want to portray. Uh, but the only reason I'm really more hopeful for this one is just because, like, the storylines in Uncharted are very... I don't want to say standard because it always has a little bit supernatural but, stuff yeah. some, once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. But the supernatural stuff isn't, like, weird full-blown supernatural things. Yeah. And it's always oh, like, um, they shove it at the end of the game. It's yeah. like, you're fighting against some nemesis, some human nemesis, um, you're going through, like, hordes of people, and then all of a sudden, there's, like, these monsters coming after you. And you know like, what it really reminds me of is actually, um, oh, gosh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Especially Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I <laughs> hate you for bringing that up. <laughs> I mean, I I was trying. I can't think of one movie that from a video game that I've liked. It's like it's like you take a five hour plot from a video game and try to make it into an hour and a half movie. Yeah, that's true. And it just becomes crap. Well, I mean, the first Resident Evil wasn't horrid, except for um, Tomb Raider. Wow, did you? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not being serious. Yeah, I mean, you know what I would want to see? More like, um, a new Tomb Raider series come out. Uh, like depicting the new standard for Tomb Raider. Yeah, you know the origins of Tomb Raider, uh, which would be awesome. So everyone listening to this, go ahead and Google it. And I swear that I read that in passing, they were coming out that they were going to try to write a new Tomb Raider. That would be that would be great, especially if they followed like the the new standard of what Tomb Raider is. Um, I think that that might actually be something that's worth watching. Before this podcast, Andrew was telling me and John that he has the most fantastic twerk this week, and I, I'm a little nervous, but. <laughs> Say most fantastic, but I said it was, it was, uh, you know, right with the holiday. Season. Okay. And also, I just couldn't find anything else. But, uh, you know, I was gonna say that, you know, EA and, uh, Origin banned video, their video games in, like, Iran and some other country, but <laughs> nobody cares about that. <laughs> Here's supermodels Alessandra Ambrosio and Heidi Klum. They, they battled it out to be the best Jessica Rabbit in a costume contest. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait. Yep. Wait. Wait. There's like, so we've been really busy with our twerks and our podcasts over the past few weeks, and there has been just infinite amounts of just fantastic gaming and movie and TV news coming out, like yep. daily. And you're talking about Mila Kunis and some other person dressing up as Jessica there's, Rabbit. There's a lot happening in the world right now. But, but in my book, Alessandra wins. Oh, uh, we, we, okay. That's what I, you I mean, if anyone it? could, like, see me right now, I'm just, like, staring at my screen and scratching my head. <laughs> it's, it's because he Googled Alessandra and Bruce That's why he's staring actually, at his screen. I, I don't actually know who that is. Yeah, I don't either. I have no idea. So, 
I don't either. So, what, okay. what you're trying to what you're trying to tell us is that what you've been searching for this week is celebrities dressing up. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I... <laughs> do we do we need to talk to your girlfriend? Oh, <laughs> you know, he we we got him too much into that Halloween mood with our last podcast. Yeah, he just couldn't get mm-hmm. out of it. He just wants to look up costumes. <laughs> You know, you know what's really funny, though? Search on your Twitter for cosplay or anything. Like, I'm sure, like, his Google search venue right now is, like, oh, sexy there isn't one. male costumes. <laughs> oh, there, there isn't one. It's deleted. Sexy male Pikachu. <laughs> My history is deleted. So oh. There's that. <laughs> oh, that's that's sketchy. All right. Um, So, you, you were making fun of me for my segues tonight, but this is a perfect segue, because you just said one of one of the silliest, most uneducated things that I've heard you say in a really long time. <laughs> now, go ahead and teach us about video games and health, <laughs> doctor. Man, I'm so ready to learn about health from this guy. <laughs> I know. I feel it's like... Incredible. It's incredible now. I feel like we can trust everything you have to say. No, we we can trust it because he knows about you know costumes, yeah, and, uh, the contests that are going on in the world right now. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited too. All right, so teach us more, Andrew. Let's go, doctor. So you know, there's video games and all sorts of medical type uh, treatments and procedures from, I guess, robots in the doctor's office won't count, but I mean, in rehab. So. <clears throat> They're using video games a lot. I've been to clinics who have had Wii's. Really? And, uh, oh, yeah. And Xbox Connects? Definitely. Huh. See, um, I always kind of wondered if those actually did have health benefits. There are some studies for it. Huh. And what was kind of interesting, too, was that when I was looking through, because that, honestly, that was the easiest for me to research just because I knew where to go. Yeah. There's a lot of research on it. And some are good and some are bad, which was kind of surprising because most of the time when you're looking at a therapy treatment, you know, the people who are making the study are really enthusiastic about it, which leads to, of course, a lot of bias. Right. Um, Makes sense. And, and I would I, I would have expected that, but I also found a lot of not-so-good data that came with it, which led me to believe that the ones that were good might have some merit. But, you know, of course it's a no-brainer. There's video games and pediatrics. I right. mean, getting a kid to stand on a Wii board for a game is going to be a lot easier than just telling them to do something three sets of ten times. Right. That makes sense. And, and it, it does work. It works good. And there's this whole, it, it's going to be an emerging thing in therapy, uh, this internal versus external exercise. So like you go to, you go to your therapy clinic now cause you hurt your shoulder and they're going to make you do, they're going to put a hot pack on you. That's going to do nothing. And then they're going to make you do these exercises. And to what end are you doing those exercises? Is it, is it to strengthen the joints that we know is compromised? Like it, it, it's almost like this, not an oxymoron, but why do it? Um, and that's called external exercise. Mm. No internal. I'm sorry. Internal exercise where it's, you know, a specific paradigm to strengthen a compromised structure. And then there's this external theory that, if you get somebody to do something that has more of an external, like distracting goal or accomplishment, and you're doing essentially the same motion, you're going to get more out of it because not only is your joint or the structure moving again, your, your brain's not concentrating on the pain. Okay. And that's a huge thing. If you have pain and you keep reminding yourself you have pain, you're building that input that you're supposed to have pain there. And it, 
it's just, it, I, I just find it interesting. There's, I went to a therapy clinic a couple of weeks ago when I was helping teaching a course. And this guy, he has this elaborate setup where he's got like this dark room where he has laser lights coming out from the wall. And it looks like that Mission Impossible type thing. Yeah. And, and it has people go in and, you know, you got to bend and contort your back to get oh. past the lasers. And, oh, wow. you know, try getting somebody to do that who has back pain. It's not going to be as good. And they're going to complain and gripe about it. Or uh, what else did they have? They had like a rock climbing wall and uh, this LED screen that you could hit the things, you know, for shoulder patients. And it was all this, you know, external distraction for the same kind of motion you would do during therapy. So they're trying to, uh, that's my soapbox. You can edit that out if you want, but it's my kind of theory on why some of these video games work and why some of them don't. Mm. So like for, for, uh, for geriatrics, for old people, I I have one story when I was first starting out and it was my first clinical rotation in school and it happened to be at a nursing home. So we get there and one of the first, you know, you just a lot of older ladies really. And looking, looking for that young stud of a therapist. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that happens. Man. <laughs> I got pinched in the butt a lot, <laughs> but the thing I'm is, sure you did. No, I, I did. And then it's like, yeah, there's like stages of, uh, dementia and getting older. And one of them turns sexual. <laughs> so it, it's a thing. It, it really happens. <laughs> So we get to this lady and my boss, who is my instructor, who has, you know, my career on the hinges, like she could go either way. Mm. All, it, all she did was play with people. Like I, we play with that damn ring toss thing for hours a day. Like these little old ladies want to come down to the therapy clinic and toss that ring on that stick. And it drove me crazy. Cause it's like, you know, where's all the cool stuff I learned in school. I want to, you know, move joints and make this better and that better. And she was just sitting there. So let's just let's just throw the ring toss and call it something fancy. It, it just really got on my nerves. But looking back on it now, there's no way nobody would do anything else. Hmm. That that probably did more so than anything. So that's my ring toss story. The the thing is, like when you put kind of like a goal at the end of something, not even a goal, but within video games, you get a a satisfaction from it. Yeah. Like, if you win at we go uh, bowling or some of that nature, then you get a satisfaction like you went bowling. You beat people, or you beat the computer, or you beat your high score. Mm. Yeah. So if you add an element of something where they gain something from it, yeah. like they, they have something to shoot for, to strive for, then people are always going to be more welcome to that idea. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just motivating factors. It's like a, a neuroplasticity thing. So it's just, uh, with pediatrics and, you know, geriatrics, it's just easy to see, but I think it works for adults too. What the hell it does, for me. what the hell does neuroplasticity mean? It's like building a different schematic in your brain. Okay. So kind of like rewiring the way you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Rewiring. There okay. you go. Yeah, which take which takes a lot of effort. But yeah, John's right with that positive reinforcement. Of course, they want to get the strike or like with Parkinson's patients, they, there are studies that show boxing, like actual boxing where you're hitting a punching bag is really good for them hmm. because you know how that, you know, it's not just the shaking they have. They can't move out of a central zone. They're just stuck in this position because their body, they don't have that coordination anymore. Right. But if you throw a punch... Like against a punching bag, it breaks all the barriers. What about like, like Wii boxing? 
No, and, and that's the thing. That, that's why I was saying, you know, okay. there are studies on that, that wee boxing actually helps with Parkinson's patients. Oh. And, but, but like I said, they're not all good. So the other big thing in geriatrics is balance. People will fall and break their hip. That's like the leading cause of elderly oh, yeah. mortality after a certain age or something. Yeah. I just completely brought that out of my ass. <laughs> but it's a real concern. So. Jeez, but like, lying to our viewers. Because he's a doctor. Listeners. I'm a doctor. That's why I don't trust doctors. <laughs> he doesn't even trust himself, people. <laughs> exactly. Well, so the Wii Fit, like the balance board, does not help with elderly balance, as far as we can tell now. Okay. So I thought that was really interesting, because, you know, falls are something that, you know, hospitals and rehab places are really trying to push to help with. And you would think any study they have come out with it would show an improvement, and it hasn't. See, John, even when we're 80, we can be playing video games. Why, why are you bring me into this? Because we will be playing video games even into our 80s. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. You guys are going to have nothing else to do, and it's going to be three days of straight binging on Diablo V. It's gonna be... I mean, we're going to be one of those articles. Yeah, we're... yeah, exactly. And then some other young kids are going to be starting a podcast 20 years or what, 50 years from now. Actually, it won't even be podcasts. I don't even know what kind of crazy... Oh, they'll be like virtual... Virtual reality. I mean, that's like now. And that's another thing I wanted to bring up. And I was going to ask if you had any figures on that, if whether virtual reality kind of helps movement and... I don't know. I I haven't seen anything about that yet. They've been doing virtual reality with like um, PTSD and stuff like that with soldiers coming back. They've been using virtual reality for them. Hmm. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I can see that being effective in some ways. I don't know. In ways, can't you see that being like almost stimulating? Or, I mean, it kind of. It kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it kind of depends on what their the virtual reality is. I, I hadn't jumped too far into yeah. it, but uh, I I've read a little bit of an article that they were using some aspect of virtual reality for uh, soldiers that were coming home with PTSD. Uh, that's that's good, but so it just goes to show, you know, there's there's things that video games are, are beneficial to society. Yeah. yeah. In a, in a medical sense, and a health sense that we didn't, you know, because we started this podcast off with people dying. Dying, yeah, that was, that was pretty morose. Yeah, but, you know, just, you know, goes to show. Um, but like, these are, these are active games. These are the games that get you up and moving. Yeah, that's you know, what I was about not, to ask. Is there like, is there like mental benefits? Like, like, are you, cause you always hear like video games actually are good for you because they, your reaction time gets quicker or mm-hmm. like you're able to think critically better or like more efficiently is that oh there there totally is and before i get to that section i want to mention the one article i read on the girl with pokemon go oh okay yeah 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 like uh, i can't remember how old young girl and she got a tbi a traumatic brain injury which is basically a, a terrible concussion like one that could you know tbi is the you get hit on the head you can essentially change your personality mm. and one of the things is is like fatigue she couldn't get out of the house she couldn't bring herself to do anything and she said it was pokemon go that she credits for her recovery like she would go to her therapist and update him on the pokemon status or something i will say that when pokemon go first came out that was the most active i've been in the year and a half since i got out of the marine corps (laughs) are you serious that is that is a hundred percent fact I can, att- a- I can attest to that. Because yeah. <laughs> I lived with you for a year, a, a year of that. That was the most, easily the most active I was. And I felt great while I was playing that game. It's just, it got old after a while. Yeah, no, I, I still 
cricket occasionally, but yeah. not nearly as much. Yeah. All right, so we started off saying that people can die from video games, especially Taiwanese people. Jeez. And this next part has Racist. to do with... <laughs> and then uh, the second part had to do with uh, you know, how it's not necessarily that bad for you. It's just the sitting part. It's the not being active. And then we talked about how the active part's actually being done in rehab. And I've seen that done in clinics and even see the merit of it. But the last part has to do with what does it actually do to our brains? Besides stifle our social interaction, which I may contest, it does help a little bit with certain things. And there's actually a lot of research on this. Hmm. I was really shocked. There's a you've got things from faster visual rate, like people being able to locate certain items in a picture or different shades of gray versus a control. Oh, and that's the other thing about all these things that I'm about to mention. They weren't just about, you know, they took, they didn't take people and see what they could do after video games. They took people who play video games and then people who did not. So it was a placebo, not a placebo, but a control group, Hmm. which I thought was really cool of them. And the faster visual rate, You've got improved spatial attention, multitasking is improved, um, object tracking. I, I mean, John, do you ever, like, flip through the, or you, Danny, you too, if you flip through the guide when you're watching TV with, like, a girlfriend or something, and she just comments on how fast you're going? You know, that's a really good point. Because even, yeah. like, at work, like, I'll be flipping through, like, this and that, and I realize, I look at, like, whoever's next to me, and I'm like, oh, wait, I'll slow down. Because they, right. like, yeah. like, that's actually a really good point. I never... I never noticed that. I'm completely attributing that to video game playing. You probably should, because even first-person shooters came up a lot in these things. Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, I've always been... I've always processed information a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, we I don't read play... very fast, but... Yeah, like, yeah me too. So. Like, anything visually, uh, I will process information a lot quicker. Um, but, I, I mean, you can attribute that a little bit to video games, I'm sure, but... I mean, a lot of it's attributed to everything I've done in my entire life, from sports to piano and everything of that nature. So I've always been kind of a visual learner in any aspect. Yeah, but, like, what came first, though? What's up? What came first? Because I think I got my first Super Nintendo when I was, like, like four. And I started doing sports and stuff like that when I was, like, three or four. Yeah, I started playing soccer around the same time. I think I think it was a combination of both. I mean, I'm not good with as good like musically as you are, but I mean, I played the trumpet for some years. I could think on my feet. <laughs> no, I, I mean, all that kind of stuff will attribute to it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure that video games does help with that kind of and uh, in information processing because. The amount of information you have to process when you're playing certain video games is immense, honestly. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. If you're playing like a game like Call of Duty, you have to uh, figure out, make sure that you have enough ammo, see where on the mini-map, if you can see anyone on the mini-map, see if anyone's on your main screen. If they're not on your main screen, you have to be like, okay, where were they last? process the information of where they might be yeah. so you turn to face that direction. And you're and like you listening. Visually stimulate. Yeah. yeah, you're like listening so, for gunshots and you're like, okay, that's got to be my own team doing that. Or right. And this is like every minute, like every moment of every single game that you, every single match that you play. So it's like the multitasking yeah. is just is just. I mean, look at, look at John now. He, he probably has esports playing in the background again. <laughs> 
<laughs> like he did during our last esports episode. Like he multitasks and he does it all the time and he does it really well. He's yeah. still doing this podcast and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah, I'm watching someone play League of Legends, but he's probably reading manga too. I, if he had three monitors, he would. Are you be. really? Yeah. I mean, he's okay. texting too. He's so texting. I, I texted Meredith just a minute ago. Um, so I have Mango on one screen. I have Twitch on another screen, and then minimized. Right now, I have the video games the outline that you gave me, so I opened that up once in a while. So. <laughs> All right, yeah. See, and you're you know wouldn't be able to tell the difference if I didn't know you. Yeah, probably not. Probably eating gummy bears, you bastard. I am not eating gummy bears. I don't know why you keep saying this. All right. So I mean, one of the big things I wanted to get into yeah. that you and I debate on. Andrew, is social interaction. I know, yeah. I've been waiting for this. I know you have. And the reason that I've been waiting for this is Andrew believes, um, and and I think to a certain extent, I'm not not, like disregarding everything you say when you say that social interaction Mm -hmm. does occur when um, people are playing online video games and stuff like that. Uh, But my main thing is that when you call that social interaction, it puts this mindset in people that, okay, all I need to do is call my friend on Xbox Live, and then I've had my social interaction for the day. And that's not true. Like, and the problem is, when you're talking about, maybe it's fine for, like, people our age, who are, we've we've moved away from each other, and sometimes the only times that we get to talk are on Facebook or on Xbox Live, and that's fine. But what my main issue is, when younger kids do this, and they lose the aspect of their childhood because their video game experience is their social interaction. So they're indoors 24-7. Yeah, not playing outside. I mean, I think it goes both ways. Taking your example, for the kids who don't go outside and interact, I think they lose aspects of social development, like maybe reading body language and um, interacting with the opposite sex. Well, no, I, I, I think they lose that aspect in total, honestly. No, no, no. yeah, like I'm, I'm saying they, they yeah. probably do lose that, those particular aspects, but I bet they're still getting that, that fulfillment in video games that we get, like, with in-person interaction. Well, like, I, I'd almost rather talk, I mean, I, I'm not that age group, but I'd almost rather talk to people on video games than in real life some days. Well, I, I may, I, I will interject that every six-year-old I've ever talked to, or had the pleasure, quote unquote, of hearing online has been talking about my mother, <laughs> and that's not that's the, and that that's funny, but it's not even really it's not even a joke since they're put in a realm where their social interaction has no, just like no consequence. Yeah, this is how they speak to people, yeah. and this is how they're learning social interaction, and that is an issue because. When you get into real life, either you're going to have a person who knows, like, oh, my gosh, they can see my face, so I can't say anything at all. Or you're going to have that kid who talks about everybody's mother in front of everyone. In person, John would kick your ass. If you've listened to the last podcast, nobody talks about his mom. Exactly. So, like, so I'll say... Mm-hmm. He, he's he's getting uncomfortable be even yet. I know, because I feel like you're going to say something else, and I'm going to have to get mad at you, and like you're downstairs. 
you're downstairs and uh, I will put this microphone down. I, I would last 30 seconds with you, John. I can say that. That's what she said. No, um, so... <laughs> So I, I'll say I've played video, like certain video games for an, like every day, every minute of every day for an entire week with somebody just not but four minutes down the street from me. <laughs> and I almost didn't play that game ever again because it kind of reminded me of like a lack of social interaction. I was online with somebody and able to communicate with them normally, but it wasn't, it wasn't the real world, you know? And maybe that's just me. Maybe I wasn't ready f- to go on that escape for that time period, especially for that length of time period. Um, maybe I, you know, needed something different, like like real interaction, real life interaction. But I don't. To go with what John's saying, I don't think. I think I agree with you that video games do not fulfill it. And I, I just think that it's healthy to some point. Because it, it is it, it is helpful in some natures yeah, to it's an maybe a shy kid who who doesn't have the correct social interaction gets to befriend somebody online and then his social interaction actually starts to spark. Yeah, but it That's won't fair. ever grow after that point because being able to talk to somebody online and then talking to somebody in person are completely different yeah. aspects. And I feel like so just it, like it builds a dependence on that online um relationship and interaction with other people. The thing is though, who's to say that isn't as fulfilling as what that is? I mean, the, w- there was a high percentage of people that have what they call lifelong friends from online. There's relationships built on Second life uh, that people have met in person and married. It's oh and, no no, no. I, I'm not talking about that aspect that you can't can't build a relationship with somebody and then that relationship is fine with, even when you meet in person. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that just because you're able to build a relationship with one person online doesn't attribute to any other social interaction in your entire life because you, you can talk to this one person and get along with this of one person. How is that to say that meeting someone in real life, the next time you meet, you just meet someone randomly in real life? Like, oh, yeah, how yeah. are you going to be able to talk to them? Oh, yeah, because you're not that person anymore. You might be looking down, not able to look them in the eye, and, you know, just la- lack of uh, that practice that everybody else has had coming up. As- but, and I agree with you on that kids need to get out and they need to interact because they need to build up those social skills. But I don't know. I, I can see the, I could see spending the rest of my life in like the, like the Wally Utopia, you know, where they're in the spaceship, they're just sitting down and they're they're fat and they're. Oh right, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Like, um, so there was. I would be miserable. Yeah, I would too. There's so much you, I want to do. It would be a god among men, there, John. <laughs> oh, but the thing is too that made me think of you, John, when I was reading these articles. After so many hours and days and weeks, they examined the people who were proficient at like first-person shooters in, in a study. And they had different brain development than a control group. Like so they were all psychotic? No, no, no. Increased cortical areas. Okay. You, your brain probably looks different than mine. And interesting. It, that is you interesting. Got a sexy cortex. Ooh, I, agree. I like the yeah. sound of that. So, yeah, I thought, I thought of you. Yeah. What, what you bring up, John, is also, that was the second thing out of your notes, Andrew, that I really wanted to get to. Is uh, which one? do video games cause aggression? Oof. Like There's, we talk about, like like the Columbine shootings where they were playing. Um, I think it was Doom or something like that. Um, and they had like changed the 
people that they were killing into, like, pictures of, you know, real-life people. I don't think video games cause aggression. Am I wrong? Yes. I don't... I, I think... Te- I think a lot of people use it as a scapegoat. I agree. I agree with that. I, I think I think there are some cases that people have delved too far into the virtual reality, and they think that they like think it's real life. Yeah, that's fine. So if you're if you're thinking about like calling it aggression, I wouldn't call it aggression at that point. I think there was a psychotic break at some point okay. where they have attributed that. They're playing Doom in real life, and they're shooting people because they might be seeing some yeah. some well, scary demons. I you know, I, I only say that you're wrong, Denny. Is you're because wrong, wrong. Well, because well, I agree that I don't think it causes criminal behavior. But you know, when you're looking at short-term studies, or you're looking at even um, these randomized control styles, according to the American Psychological Association, I did find it. I was surprised that they said there was a causative link between video games and aggression. Hmm. But that doesn't necessarily, there is no correlation with um, criminal violence or delinquency. Okay. So, so yeah, so like, you know, you, I, we've all seen John like Mortal Kombat 10 years ago, where <laughs> I thought he was going to destroy TV. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 have, uh, I have calmed down the anger when it comes to video games a lot. Because mm. I used to get really upset when I played things like Call of Duty and such. But, like, yeah. no, like, you can. And here we go again, like talking about kids on Xbox Live or on PlayStation Online, or even not just kids, adults. Like, there are some aggressive people on there. They are saying some real mean things to you yeah, when I you're guess, playing games with them. I guess you kill you, someone. See, so well, why do you bring my mom in? Well, most, I did, I didn't, I didn't Most of them are just <laughs> trolls, though. Most of them, most of them don't really mean it. No, 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 no. I, I, I know. Like a lot of them are probably just people that are just trying to get a rouse out of you or some of that yeah. nature. But there are some people that are legitimately angry. That's true. Like legitimately angry, and you can you can tell the trolls the like you can tell the trolls between the people that are legitimately angry by the tone of their voice. Yeah, yeah. There's always a joking tone when someone's like being real loud and being like, oh, F you or some of that nature. But then you hear those guys that legitimately sound like they're trying to look up your IP address to find where you live. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. Or the, or, or the people that get really upset at you and do things uh, like you see the people that are uh, like Twitch people that are getting swatted and stuff like that. And if you, you've never heard of swatting, Andrew, it's it's literally people looking up um, personal information about the Twitch users hmm. and calling a bomb threat into them. Holy crap. And, and stuff like that. That That's an aggressive tone. Like, no matter if you're doing it in, like, you think in your head in a joking manner, that's mm-hmm. aggression, I feel. That's outward look, display of aggression. Right. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. That's the, that's the typical stuff that, you know, yes, it causes aggression, but does it cause criminal behavior? In those cases, yes. Yes. But, I know, because, I mean, in the Marine Corps, I can, I can only speak to this, almost every single person played Call of Duty. And that is, I think that there's a direct correlation of the softening of killing people in a game. The desensitization. Like the, the, yeah, yeah, desensitizing you and, like, making you callous towards it and and being able to do it in real life. You know, that's why Lego never allowed military Legos. Huh. Is the guy didn't want to promote that to kids. That it was a glorified hmm. ambition. That's that's interesting. 
Fun fact. Um, but yet, I, I was reading uh, something. Here's something really scary, you guys. So at this point in our technology, they can't find a link between this and criminal behavior. But we are so close to the VR age where you might put on those goggles and you might stab somebody in GTA. Wow. Does Is that going to lead to that wanting to fulfill that murderous rampage? Huh. You ever think of that? That's a fantastic oh. idea because that's 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 making it so much more closer to our reality. Yeah, it's that. Like, it's that. Um, there is not parabola, much difference. You know? Well, yeah, I, I think anything that adds a sensation will yeah. bring it closer because at that point you're doing the act. You're not just using a joystick to to perform the act. Yeah, you're actually throwing your arms in motion or running after someone or raising a gun, a fake gun to shoot somebody. So like it's, it's adding to the, the stimuli, stimulation, like, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Stimuli yeah. of the situation, uh, to create a more deep experience for someone. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think video games are bringing this, this, really close like with whether it be violence or uh, another thing you wanted to talk about was the hypersexualization of this uh, like of video games and stuff like that i think it's a lot of video games are desensitizing kids and adults to violence and how people view sex in general or the females or or males and stuff like that and i i think i think we're coming to a really close position where people are going to make it it's going to be a lot harder for people to distinguish between video games and real life yeah i mean if you look at the like a like a parabola of our video game progression like in the very beginning it was pong and nobody's going to kill anybody over a bad game of Galaga. Like, in the middle or the far end of it, you get Wolfenstein and then Call of Duty, and then at the far end of the spectrums, this VR stuff. Well, maybe that's the tipping point. Maybe that's where we start to see that correlation with youth violence. Yeah. But yeah, I don't believe now it is a cause of... In, in someone's... In a regular person's mind, I would say, um, someone not... A mind that's not already... I don't want to say tainted, but susceptible, right? Like uh, to a violent, violent thoughts, stuff like that. Yeah, like, like it's not going to create somebody who's going to kill, but it may attract somebody who's going to kill. Right, and then you get the association with it. Right, and I, I think that's a really grasping association to it in all reality. Yeah, like someone saying, "Oh, the video games are causing this." It's like, no, that kid was probably thinking about shooting someone way beforehand. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a whole plethora of factors, a slew of different things that I could probably get into between like that parenting and such like that in society in general uh, before it video games actually came into the aspect of the situation. Being hit in the head, I've been hit in the head a couple times. Have you? (laughs) Yeah, I've boxed. Been oh, I mean, no, that's lot. not not as a kid though. Oh, yeah, as that's a when kid? it matters. Oh, I slant. I used to run into the wall all the time. I was not a bright child, my friend. I was not a bright child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. bright child. 
Yeah, I'm not bright at either right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Whoa, that sounded right. oddly like a clown. Never heard I that just, noise. I just sounded like a little bit like Krusty the Clown. Yeah, you did. Oh, you're going to have nightmares now. Of yourself. Oh, gosh. Okay. I know. Uh, so, oh, gosh. Okay. All right. So, you can find me on Twitter at Deja Brube. Uh, you can find me at Off Duty Ninja PT. And you can find me at John Panda Pants, but you probably won't find any information. <laughs> You'll just retweet mine. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like you do. So, I'm not very good at the uh, the Twitter thing, so yeah, if you man. guys have any suggestions, let me know. I'm pretty sure everybody um, forgives you for that. But yeah, um, thank you so much for listening. Send us a message on uh on SoundCloud or on our Twitters. We'd love to hear back from you. Um, tell us if we're doing fantastic or if we're doing a really, really horrible job. And we should go um, find something better to do with our time. That being said, next week, episode nine is going to be a oh, real wow. fun one. Andrew, would you like to introduce this? Uh, sure. Uh, we, we talked about it and we want to try to live out what it's like to be in the zombie apocalypse it, we're gonna choose different movies and their type of zombie and just what we would do how we survive you know because you've got like zombies that run zombies that don't zombies that turn into giant you know blood monsters <laughs> I'm, all sorts of zombies i'm really looking forward to this one i think it'll be a lot of fun um i've had this conversation uh with friends just uh, numerous times before, so it'll be fun to uh, get this on the record and yeah. in an entertainment style zone for other people to hopefully enjoy. All right, and you know everybody's thought about it. Yeah, they would do. Like everybody thinks they're going to survive. Oh, oh, don't you worry. Hey, all I have to say is I don't need to be the fastest person. I just need to run faster than one of you. <laughs> Which I'm certain you will. But we'll save that for next week. Thanks again for listening. And from all of us here at the Cosmic Mojo Tripodcast, we love you and good night. Oh, wait, one more last thing. Oh. Uh, we are going to be publishing our Cosmic Mojo Facebook pages. Yeah. Um, so become a real, we'll have that open and hopefully you guys can find it. And if you can't find it, let Danny or Andrew know on Twitter, Mm -hmm. because I probably won't reply (laughs) and, uh, they will let you know, they'll send you a link or something of that nature. Yep. First person who likes it gets a hundred dollar gift card. (laughs) Wait, we already liked it. Oh, you're not supposed to tell them that. (laughs) (laughs) Also. If you happen to visit our Twitters, go and find one of our links to Extra Life and donate for the children. Yep, donate all mine. Well, first off, you don't have to donate yet. You can wait and join us on the stream and then donate on the stream. We actually have a couple – well, I have a couple cool things that I'm going to do that um, every single time I scream during the horror segment, which will probably be a lot. I'm going to donate $10 or – is it five dollars? Oh, I was only five dollars there. Yeah, because if it was ten, you'd be poor. Yeah, yeah, and then I was gonna do. I'm gonna donate ten dollars for every time one of these guys beats me at Super Smash Brothers, which will be never. He will be never donating ten dollars. But I have like to switch beat. characters every single game. I'm gonna start uh, practicing okay. right now. Um, See you guys next week. Next week. Bye.